Welcome to Pathways to Hope and Healing, a podcast dedicated to sharing information, ideas, and resources about domestic abuse, sexual assault, child abuse, and elder abuse. The topics discussed in this podcast, including survivor stories, supportive services, and domestic abuse, sexual assault, child abuse, and elder abuse, can be difficult, and we urge you to listen with care. Our hosts are not licensed counselors or mental health professionals, but licensed counselors are available at the Nampa Family Justice Center. If you or someone you care about have experienced domestic abuse, sexual assault, child abuse, or elder abuse, please call the Nampa Family Justice Center at 208-475-5700 or the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-7233. You can also find more resources in the description of this podcast. Welcome to another edition of Pathways to Hope and Healing. I'm Corey Michaels, along with my friend and president of the Family Justice Center Foundation of Idaho, retired Detective Corporal Angela Weeks. Hi, Corey. How are you today? Oh, as always, thrilled to be able to be here and to, to be a part of this. Oh, me too. I'm super excited about the conversation we get to have today. Yes, I, me as well. And, you know, I, of course, am familiar with on the local level Camp Hope, our NAMPA program. Right. But we get to talk on a much, much larger scale today. Yes, we do. We have the honor of having John Hamilton, who is the director of Camp Hope America with us. Um, I have been working with John for about three years now, um, because we've had Camp Hope in Idaho for six years. And I think it was seven years ago, maybe it's seven years now, and eight years ago, we went down to California. But um, John came on as the director and has just really taken um, hold of Camp Hope America. And it's amazing what he's doing. So John, welcome to the show today. Uh, It's great to be with both of you today and uh, just to be a small part of the work that's happening locally there and uh, trying to help make sure that we bring that connection to a a broader scale to to the issue of where and how we're mitigating violence in the home and creating a brighter future for, for kids that maybe wouldn't have the same chances if we weren't doing the work. So it's great to be with both of you. Absolutely. So John, I know that you were in the camping world before you came to Camp Hope um, America. Can you tell us a little bit about um, how you came into this work and kind of what your role is and what you're seeing across the country? Yeah, so it's it's uh, I, I, I feel really honored to have to have been invited into this work by uh, by Casey Gwynn, who's uh, the president of Alliance for Hope International, an Idaho resident yep. uh, as, as well, and uh, and and just a, a dear friend who uh, was looking for somebody to kind of help bring some framework, some consistency, um, and some expertise from a camping standpoint, um, as well as just where and how we could forge some strategic partnerships that would help to grow and sustain uh, the movement of Camp Hope that, that really began, uh, you know, back in 2003 out of the, the San Diego Family Justice Center. And then I think really started to take hold, you know, expanding beyond the state of California in 2012, 2013 with individuals such as yourself and uh, organizations such as the Nancy Family Justice Center to kind of say, hey, how do we how do we really have this expand? So, yeah, personally for me, uh, I feel like the time was was really uh, a good one for for me to step in and bring this this understanding to how do we how do we take human services, uh, community services? How do we bridge the gap between social work, right, and uh, clinical work that is happening within the walls of 
uh, organizations uh, and how do we bring that into a group therapy type of experience in a natural setting. Uh, and so for me, uh, being able to figure out ways that we can help find commonality and, and, and language that unites as opposed to language that separates and, and uh, brings division is, is really what, what this has been about for me in leading. And it, it's, been a, it's been a gift to kind of step in and see how, you know, the work of Camp Hope America is so vital in a time where the world is trying to navigate the complexity of toxic stress that becomes traumatic. And so uh, we've seen that what we've been able to do uh, within our program is now helping to provide guidance um, as we lean into relationships with other national entities that are uh, that are trying to provide a better future for the, the youth and, and children in our world. So just a few days ago, I was actually on another webinar and John literally just got back home. Um, can you talk a little bit about what your summer's been like with the Camp Hope America program? Because it's been crazy. They're so invested in youth in, in this country, and this program is amazing. But listen to what he's been doing this summer. <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks. It's, it's fascinating to be in a spot where, like, coming out of a, a world that seems to be heavily impacted by COVID or where we're trying to figure out, like, what the significance and importance of diversity, equity, and inclusion looks like, um, which both are very vital. Uh, we wanted to make sure that we were helping all of our affiliates, 40 plus organizations in over 20 states across the country find ways to succeed this summer. Uh, so our team mobilizes. Uh, I mean, we're, we're typically traveling throughout the year for, for ongoing mentoring, but this summer I had the privilege of uh, helping to facilitate training um, at, at a number of different camps. Uh, so we, we facilitated nine different trainings. Uh, I was on the road for uh, about 10 weeks of the summer, uh, you know, in 11 different states, uh, being present at a number of different campus sessions where uh, we were able to just find ways in which uh, kids were being offered a space to heal. They were being offered a path to hope, like like the title of this podcast. And, uh, and we were equipping and empowering, um, you know, folks, folks that are affiliated partners of ours to really... Um, yeah, find, find ways to succeed in, in doing just that. Yeah. So, you know, NAMPA has been fortunate, Corey. We have been, um, I, I literally think now it was eight years ago. Things go by so fast, John, um, <laughs> yes. that we were invited actually by Casey Gwynn to come down to California and to bring a group of our kids to look at the Camp Hope program. Um, I actually wasn't able to go down that year, but we had some of our staff that took the kids down that year and came back and we were bound and determined to do that here in Idaho. So we have partnered with Trinity Pines Camp uh, up in Cascade. And and it's a beautiful camp. Oh, yeah. I always yeah. say it's not really <laughs> camping because the facility is so oh, right. nice. <laughs> they don't know what tent camping and sleeping bags are. But, <laughs> but it's a beautiful facility. But we, we've been able to take our kids up there for this therapeutic um, challenge by choice camp where, um, you know, one of our philosophies is that we give them a safe place to kind of look at their fears and address them and challenge themselves to go one step further in a maybe zip line experience than they thought they might have. You know, they some of our kids are like, I'm not even putting on that gear. You're not going to get that gear on me. I'm not putting on the helmet. And we just challenge them to do one thing more than they thought they would. So if it's just putting the harness on and they don't put the helmet on, it's right. one step further than they yes. thought they were going to do. Um, but it 
is this opportunity of this incredible mentoring and um, offering hope and healing. We do mindfulness activities with the kids, but we do whitewater rafting with them. We do zip lining with them. We've done horseback riding, um, rock climbing. It's just all of these, you know, and probably the thing I enjoy the most about it is that we're bringing up kids that are clients of the Family Justice Center. So these kids have been physically and sexually abused. They have been um, witnessed domestic violence situations. But what I enjoy most is we get to see them be kids. Yeah. And, and I love it. And when when we get to see their hope um, in themselves and in others and in their, their future, their dreams, when we get to hear them talk about that and share that, John, don't you think that's one of the most powerful parts of our camp? Yeah, I think, I think when we bring, it, it is, it is indeed. And I, and I think that there's like something for us to learn and be reminded of as adults, like the, the very nature of kind of getting outside to play uh, is really something that's significant in the healing journey. But I think even more important than that is that, you know, you all, like like all of our, our organizations that are implementing Camp Hope America programming, you know, with, within within their local community, are finding ways to create just a safe environment that kids know, I'm, I'm not, I don't have to be something other than who I am in this space. And, and when they look across uh, a cabin group where they're reading through our curriculum and booklet, or, you know, they look across the campfire at the end of the day, and they're, you know, they're, they're sharing stories about what it is that's happened in the midst of their day, or where they saw hope, uh, they're in a spot where uh, they can know that they're not alone. Absolutely. Right? They see the supportive nature of the, the relationships that they're building with their peers and subsequently with others who are saying, you matter enough that we're going to dedicate time to invest in you. Uh, and, and gosh, if all of us just knew that there were people in the world that wanted to stop and invest in us, we'd, we'd be seeing all sorts of things that would be changing instead of uh, breaking, right? Or light instead of darkness. Absolutely. Um, probably one of my favorite things is, so we have had the Camp Hope program, but one of the things we introduced last year, again, uh, modeled out of San Diego, is our Pathways program. We didn't want to just spend time with these kids at camp and then right. let them hang out a year and wait, you know, just without our support and mentoring. So we started our Pathways activities. And it was funny, this summer, one of our activities, I actually sent some pictures to John. Um, my father-in-law, who is a master gardener, came in and he brought some clippings of some plants. And he, we talked to the kids about planting hope and what it takes to grow a plant into something beautiful and how you have to nurture it, how you have to take care of it, how you have to water it. Um, and just, you know, he did this amazing job kind of sharing that with the kids. And we were basically saying, that's what, you know, that's what we want to do with them. That's what we want them to do in other people's lives. And literally yesterday, John, um, on our, um, our social media page that we have for our campers that we share, um, one of the girls sent me a picture of what her plant looks like now. It is beautiful and and, and, you know and just the whole sense of because I also know her story I know what camp was like with her this year at camp and she's been one of our campers for quite some time and I've seen the hope grow in her so then to see this beautiful plant that she sent me um I've got chills I mean if this was live you guys would see the chills because that's what this is about yeah yeah it, it really is I mean there there's this understanding that we can in the nature of this work, find ourselves when we're, we're in moments where we're set apart, right? Uh, our, our mentor and outreach manager this summer, he's been doing mentoring work for years. Uh, and, and he got to have his first dose of kind of camp hope. And uh, he said, gosh, like in, in the midst of a, a mentoring session, you can kind of mask 
some of, you know, what you're feeling and what's going on, but there's nowhere to run when you're at camp for a few days. (laughs) There's nowhere to go. And when, and when you're faced with these challenging obstacles and someone says, you know what, if you're in a panic zone, we want to get you back to your, to your challenge zone or to your comfort zone. We want to respect where you're at and empower your choices. And we actually want to focus on your goals. It's remarkable what starts to take place because that's where you get to see like the, the live manifestation of a plant that is that has got good soil and good roots mm-hmm. becoming something beautiful where you get to see how that's actually being modeled in the life of a young woman who's now going to figure out how do I continue to make the choices like I made at camp with this community ongoing to change the future of, of my life, my family's life and, 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 and others for generations to come. The way we're going to break a generational cycle of violence is by stepping in and and creating a new cycle uh, along the way. And that's, that's, what's really powerful. So, yeah. yeah. So one of the other fascinating things about this, even though I could talk about my experiences at camp with these kids, I mean, you know, that was one of the reasons that I retired early was because mm-hmm. I, uh, John laughs because we call it retirement, but I work a lot, <laughs> but um, you're doing so much, <laughs> but I wanted to be able to pour more into this as a police officer. 26 years of seeing kids and working child abuse cases and working cases of kids being physically and sexually abused and going to these homes, um, these domestic violence situations and seeing kids on the other end of this for so long Mm -hmm. um, to be able to um, be the number one volunteer in Idaho in this program for our Camp Hope program um, has been such a blessing. And I could talk about it forever, but John, this really is bigger. There's actually research. There's actually hope science now that have, has come out of Camp Hope America. Right. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, it's, it's quite fascinating. So we work with uh, a team out of Oklahoma, the University of Oklahoma uh, and their Hope Research Center. And, uh, and we work with them tirelessly, not just in uh, the evaluations and the surveys and the indexes to kind of measure what is feasible in terms of increasing hope in the lives of young people so that they believe that they can accomplish more than maybe they, they sought out to, or that they can believe that the pain from their past is not their destiny in the future, that it's actually going to be something that can drive them forward. Uh, we work with them to, uh, you know, to, to, to have uh, members of the, the Hope Research team incorporating language around the science of hope and helping our curriculum committee so that the, the very nature of the booklet and the curriculum that all of the kids across the country are holding are helping them to identify the science of hope without even really fully understanding that it's that it's there. It's just something that's being indoctrinated into uh, the way in which they philosophically or, or, or just can comprehend certain situations. That if an obstacle is going to come in the way of somebody, they can make a choice uh, to set a goal to overcome something else. So like an example from this summer, and both, both of us can tell stories for days, but like I think one that's really powerful that happened for me was I was, I was with a young man who uh, was being called a certain name, uh, being bullied. Yes, bullying takes place even in the midst of our camp yep. community, but it's how we move forward from the, the difficult, challenging situations that arise in those settings together. And so he was called a name and he, he didn't believe that that was true. And so he was frustrated and he was hurt. And when we're hurt, we tend to hurt somebody else. And so he turned and he turned and said something to the girl next to him and, and he was hurt. Uh, and he said something that was inappropriate and uncalled for. And he's a nine-year-old boy. But he was like, this is where I'm going to take my my frustration out on. And we're working through the curriculum booklet right after this incident took place. And he didn't want to participate at all. And so we said, well, what 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 are we what are we going to do about this then? Right? Like I was like, Dominic, what are, what are we going to do? Uh, and and gosh, 
He said, I, I just don't believe that what they said was true. And I said, but so what do we need to do then to, to try to make something right? And he said, well, I think I need to apologize to the, to the guys. I need to apologize to her. Right. So these are his cabin mates. And he's trying to figure out how to right wrong relationships right. and to do it in a, in a beneficial way. And uh, man, it was, it was profound because the next morning he came up to me and says, I think I'm ready to say sorry. And oh. He goes and apologizes to this. He goes and apologizes to this girl and I said, after we were done, I said, can you give me a fist pound? Like, can you give, like, we always ask for consent, right? Like, can you give me a fist bump? And he gives me a fist bump and he says, I don't think I've ever apologized to a girl that's not my mom. Well, that's like, we're, we're, we're creating something new when we're talking about like domestic violence yeah. and child abuse and, and assault. Like now, now there's this belief because of the language that's in our curriculum around the research that, that is coming out that we are seeing, we can increase hope resilience, grit, gratitude, these character traits and values in the life of kids and higher hope kids succeed better in school, in their homes, in their jobs. That's just the nature of it. And so that's, that's where we're trying to create that new path because of the science and the research behind uh, our understanding of hope. That is amazing. Yeah, I, you know, it, to be part of that and to see it yeah. actually, you know, because we have we have new campers every year, but we also have mm-hmm. returning campers. And yeah. um, one year I, I had this girl. So even though I like to think I'm really tall and really big, I'm not super tall. Um, <laughs> I, I act like I'm six foot, but I'm probably not even close. Um, but there was a girl at our camp, a 12 year old, and she was literally probably six foot. Um, she just, she, something had triggered her and she'd had kind of a, a meltdown, if you will, at camp. And um, I went over to kind of try and help draw her back. And she was just mm-hmm. really struggling, right? Um, she was really angry. Um, and I was hearing a lot of her anger. And, but we continued to just wrap her, you know, in love, right? Lap, wrap her yeah. in support, wrap her in safety, wrap her in acceptance. And the next year she came back to camp again. Um, and, uh, our mate, and because we had also seen her throughout the year, but our relationship at camp was phenomenal, but our, her relationship with the other campers and what she modeled to them, um, was amazing. Um, and you know, to get a watch just to know, just, we're just a small portion of that, um, in her hope and healing and feeling safety and knowing, you know what, it's, you know, it's one of the things I've always told my kids, we all have a right to emotions. We have a right to, to anger and to feel sadness and to, you know, to feel all these things. What's really important is what we learn about our choices and how to address those. And when we can empower people, when we can empower these kids at camp with those, you know, the healthy processing of their emotions. Yeah. Oh, Corey, it's, um, it's one of my favorite things I get to do besides Mm. acting goofy with them at campfire. I love to do that. (laughs) I'm totally tone deaf and I will get up there and I will sing all those campfire songs, but I, I'm the action person. So I have actions to every song. Um, and, um, but I also do our, um, inspiration at night on around our campfire, Mm -hmm. hoping to touch them and hoping to leave an impression on them about what we believe in them and, uh, what we believe in who they were created to be. And I I love it, John, because I'll have kids, um, you know, a a question will come up the next day or maybe in a couple days later and they'll, they'll be like, it's like what Angela told us about, you know, and they'll say the character's name I was talking about or the, you know, some inspirational story I was sharing with them. And, Oh, it is, it is so transformed. And it's not just for them. I mean, I totally, every camp, I feel so transformed 
by getting to be part of their lives. Mm. Well, I can hardly wait yeah, there's, until there's, I, I have that opportunity to be able to be there and, and to be able to experience for myself with that. And now my experience with campers and, and camp was a camp that I helped to start that uh, was a camp for kids with life-threatening illnesses. Uh-huh. And a lot of the emotions, although very different in their circumstances, uh, I understand a lot of those emotions. These kids were kids that, for the most part, saw hospitals. They wow. saw procedures. They saw all of those things. And they weren't able to be kids, yeah. much like the kids with Camp Hope, that their childhood had been stripped because of the violence, because mm-hmm. of whatever was happening within the home that didn't allow yeah. them to be kids. Yeah. Well, the same with these kids. They weren't able to be kids. They could never go to a camp experience in a normal setting. Right. So, yes, we had medical staff on on obviously there to take care of their individual needs, whatever that happened to be and administer medications and things. But to see for the kids that were the first time going, I don't know if it was worse on them or the parents. Yeah. <laughs> Cause for a lot of times it was the parents first time being away from their, their fragile right. child. And, but to see them grow because at first You'd see all those emotions of anger, of frustration, of things be- just because of the circumstances that they had. And as it went on over the few days, to see them start to smile and just be a kid, not a kid with an illness, exactly. not a kid with, you know, all this stuff that had Some happened. Other label on them. <laughs> they were just kids. Yeah. And to see that joy in them by the end and them already you know as soon as they get off the bus telling mom and dad oh we did this and this and this and then we went fishing and we did um and i can hardly wait till next year till the Uh next event and so a lot of the emotions were the same um even though the circumstances were different absolutely i think i've seen that at every camp and what i love is that we've been working with some of our kids so long and again not just the week at camp but throughout the year now with our pathways program that we have some of our kids who are wanting to come back and give back. They're wanting to be part of our program and they're wanting to mentor and be part of a counselor and training program um, because they know what the program did for them. Yes. Um, Isn't that, it's so powerful, John, when we see that. It is because, because they're able to understand the very definition around the science of hope that the future can be brighter than your past. And you have the power to make that. So like we all hold the power to make the reality of our future better. And I think when, when you continue to provide opportunities for kids that they would not otherwise have through the, through the pathways programming, and they get to come back to camp year after year, the the peer, the peer nurturing that starts to take place, the peer mentoring that starts to take place is, you, you have, after a long-term investment, you've got older kids investing in younger kids saying, this doesn't have to be the thing that defines you, yes. right? Uh, and we, and we, we start to see some of, those, some of those adverse childhood experiences, those marks of trauma be things that, that wither away uh, and, and aren't there. And, and, and a lot of that is, Corey, as you're identifying, right, when you just give space for kids to be kids. And when we as adults, right, like that story that I have with Dominic, right, like this summer and saying sorry to a girl for the first time, like that's creating a healthy path. He led us there. 
not me. I didn't say, Hey, you have to, you have to make this happen. Right. Too often. I think we as adults have a potential to get in the way and it's difficult because we have to, we have to recognize, I think, as you were identifying Angela, that like some of the kids that have been longstanding in your program, the reason why they're able to be, be believe that the future can be brighter than the past, right. Is because you've fostered an environment and a space within your community that tells them that I can believe in myself so that I can believe in others again, when I shouldn't be able to trust others again, who have taken advantage or violated or whatever it may be. And that's actually empowering me to believe in my dreams. Yeah. That's really special. Yeah. We had, a um, our kids, um, we had an activity, um, not very long ago and we were just talking about, you know, where they see themselves and, um, it's oftentimes we'll have like some of our new counselors come in and they're like, they had an expectation of what they thought these kids were going to be like. And they're like, they were just kids. And then, and they have dreams. They want to be veterinarians. They want to be chefs. They want to be, and, and we want to help them get there. Cause we, we absolutely believe in that in them. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. On, on a, on a national scale. I mean, we've been trying to work with the organizations like the American camp association with, the National Mentor Resource Center with the National Summer Learning uh, Agency because we're trying to figure out the ways in which uh, we can be better together, right? We don't want to just look at this at this point in time in 2021 and say, these kids, exactly. right? Um, we, we have to recognize that all of us have, have marks of, of trauma. We have marks of things from within our own childhood, within our own home. And, and the more that we can bring normalization to that, the, the easier the path forward is going to be for all of us. Yeah. Uh, and and our, our kids, our kids within Camp Hope America are able to identify certain things in language because they are working with therapists and clinicians and they can actually speak to things that we can't speak to with greater comfort, with greater ease. And I'm going, okay, let me take notes. I need to learn because this is, this is beneficial. And yeah. I mean, we're, we're providing a, a, a space, we're providing a framework, but really it comes back to that, that science of hope, right. Uh, yeah. That we were learning so much, learning so much together with the hope research center as a result of what it is that we're doing uh, real time in practical ways. Yeah. So. I love the counselors who've, who've said, you know, made that comment about the, you know, I, I put in quotes, you can't see that the, these kids kind of thing. <laughs> and at the end of camp, they're like, um, cause I like to do like little video clips just about mm-hmm. people's experience and what they thought of camp. If they, you know, if they're willing to do that and will give me permission to do that. And I do it with my staff too. And they are just so, I always hear from them how much they learned how yeah. much it impacted them. You, they said, I know I'm here for the kids and I'm hoping I'm giving something to them, but I can't believe how much it gave to me as well. Yeah, I think there's something in that, in the very nature of that, right? When we start to just think about it, I mean, when we're, a, a, a saying that a mentor of mine when I was a kid growing up said was, you know, to be the best, surround yourself with the best. Yeah, We are people who mimic and model the behavior of those that we are around. And so when we give a space, which is not easy to do, I just, I say it, but like, I mean, there's a reason why you're the volunteer of the year and continuing to put countless hours in. <laughs> and that's, and that's, that's because this, this work is not easy. Yeah. Uh, it's heavy. It's hard. Uh, for, in the midst of everywhere I get to travel and the things that I get to see, there are, there are different regions facing some different challenges in this country. Uh, there are uh, different communities that are trying to overcome different obstacles and different pain points. Uh, but, but the reality is, is what takes place and what starts in the home, uh, that's, that's where we need to continue to focus. Yeah, that's absolutely. where we need to continue to, 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 to build into uh, the future to see a change. And 
And we can't, we can't just say, hey, it's enough to just provide a space. We've got to continue to put the work in to get more people involved, to bring more people in to be mentors, to find people like I say, hey, my gift is I, I, I can write a check. Mine is I can provide these resources. Mine is that I can show up and, and be a mentor and invest in another, in, in another life. Uh, when, when we are able to bring more people together, we're going to accomplish a whole lot more. Camp Hope America nationally is serving we have about 4,000 kids enrolled in programming. Uh, on average, there's about six and a half million kids abused around this country each year, and there's 10 million kids exposed to domestic violence. Yeah, uh, We're scratching the surface, friends. We're scratching the surface. And that's why there's so many of us that are committed to finding ways that we can, one, invite more kids in, two, invite more people in to, be, to become involved, because we've, we've seen the research has proven it's working. We're changing the, the destinies, um, the path forward for those that, that, that typically would say, I'm going to become the next abuser. I'm, yeah. I'm going to make choices. I'm going to make choices where I'm going to end up hurting somebody else instead of, instead of learning from the positive behavior that's been modeled for me in this hope-centered, healing-centered community. Yeah. If someone is listening right now to this, they're moved. I can't imagine them not being. Right. Um, and want to do more. How can someone right now be able to help? So I think locally for um, for Nampa, for our kiddos, being able to just sponsor a child going to camp, go on the Nampa Family Justice Center or the Family Justice Center Foundation of Idaho's website and choose the Camp Hope program, choose to sponsor a child. Um, uh, choose to um, educate yourself a little bit more about adverse childhood experiences and the way that our, you know, our children are being affected as they're growing up. And what can we do to have um, impact on that? Can we educate ourselves? Can we interact with people differently? I mean, I could go on and on, whether it's monetarily or whether it's how they educate themselves or whether it's, um, you know, supporting the Family Justice Center. Um, but I, as I've said so many times, it's, it takes our community to engage and say, we want to change all of this. Um, so if it's a monetary gift, um, we absolutely love that. If they want to learn more about mentoring and counseling, um, we would love we would love to hear from them. Um, we have a volunteer application on the Family Justice Center webpage. Um, and I'm actually um, kind of screening all the, because, you know, I'm really picky who's around my kids. Well, <laughs> my kids, I'm very, you have my, to be. <laughs> my kids. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I'm, you know, they're my kids. And um, so I'm really picky who's around them. But man, when we bring the right people in, um, some of the people that have um, been mentors with us have been mentors with us since the very beginning of our program. And they want to know when's the next activity coming up? What's the next thing coming? When's the Christmas party? I don't want to miss it. Um, we're getting ready. We have this really great um, location here in Nampa Farmstead. And um, oh, yes. it's a, a corn maze and activities. And um, we're getting ready. Um, it's actually this month, the end of this month. We're going to take our kids out there. And I have, all my mentors are signing up. You know, they just, they yeah. just want to go enjoy this with the kids. So mm. um, any way that, you know... People need, if they just kind of look at who, what they think they have the ability to give. And again, yeah. giving sometimes is not monetarily. Sometimes it's time. Sometimes it's, um, you know, educating themselves and making a, a difference in the community. Mm -hmm. um, when we understand trauma, when we understand, you know, adverse childhood experiences, um, when we continue to share that information with teachers in the schools. I actually had a teacher friend of mine yesterday say, would you come to our school and talk about some of this? And I said, absolutely. What day do you want me there? Because yeah. having, mm -hmm. having teachers educated on this that are working with our kids 
Right. My kids. Yeah, that's, My that's kids. Right. <laughs> yeah, we're, 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 we're finding ways in which we're able to talk more about the science of hope being incorporated, you know, from a goal setting standpoint, uh, that you can find willpower, way power. There's, there's ways in which you can achieve your goals by overcoming obstacles in a supportive environment. And uh, so bringing that into schools is really great. I, I would say three, I would say three things, um, Corey, to your, to your question. Uh, the first is the cost. Uh, you know, we've found that the national average for a kid to be enrolled in the program is a thousand dollars a year. We're talking over a seven year, seven year lifespan. Uh, we are looking at the fact that it's a seven thousand dollar investment as opposed to the cost on average for, for somebody to be in prison for one year is over seventy thousand dollars. Talking seven thousand dollars or seventy thousand. We can talk about preventing something and investing there now or waiting until it's taken out from something else that we could be investing into later. That's the first, the cost. The second is awareness. The next time you're engaging with a barista, with somebody at the shopping mart, uh, somebody that you're, is, is in public service that's helping, helping you out at, at a restaurant, uh, always be aware that there's something else beneath the surface behind the function of the behavior. Uh, we know so often that the kids that we're working with, we don't need to provide care to them uh, in, in a way, we don't have to have their stories. We don't have to know all of their the, the skeletons in the closet in order for us just to say, there might be something else that's going on here. And instead of making it about us, trying to make it about them, uh, that would be the second thing. And then the third is uh, stop and ask yourself the question. The question that we ask to so many kids often around camp is, what do you believe to be true about you? Yeah. What do you believe to be true about you? Because I believe that anyone that's listening, that's tuning in, that they have a gift in their hand that they can contribute to participate in making this program happen in a way that will change the future of our world. Absolutely. And Corey, we have big dreams for it here in Idaho because we're not done. Um, You know, again, part of my retirement was there's more um, camping opportunities that we want to offer. There's more kids that we want to bring in. There's more we want to do with the families of our campers. There's more pathways activities we want to do. Um, So we are not even close to being done. And um, all the support that we can get, it's really going to help us accomplish what we've set out to do here. Absolutely. Mm. Well, and then, I mean, if you go to campofamerica.org, if someone's listening and you're not local in Idaho, uh, you can find a map. You can see if there's uh, a nearby partner that's, that's implementing the program in your home state or in the state that you're currently residing in. Um, and there are other ways where you can just go to campofamerica.org slash donate uh, if you'd like to contribute in some way to the greater good of the national uh, program as well. Yeah. Well, and we have all of these links, all the information that you could possibly want uh, to is down in the description of the podcast. Please learn more, look at more and look at ways that you can be able to give and support and whether that's monetarily or just awareness. Be that mm. be that person that is out there helping to spread the word. Let people know. And whether that's locally here in the Nampa Canyon County, Treasure Valley area, or nationwide, wherever you happen to be. And John, thank you so much for being on with us. And thank you for what you do. Uh, thank, thank you both. Uh, and Angela, thank you for the work that you've remain committed to and uh it's fun to hear you call them my kids because <laughs> i see it as I, I see it as thousands of kids that i get to say that are that are our kids yeah. uh, all across the 
country. So thank you both. Thank you, my friend. All right. And thank you for listening. And I, we hope you'll be a part of our next edition of Pathways to Hope and Healing. Thank you for listening to this episode of Pathways to Hope and Healing. Again, if you or someone you know have experienced domestic abuse, sexual assault, child abuse, and elder abuse, please call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-7233 or the Nampa Family Justice Center at 208-475-5700. Search the Nampa Family Justice Center on Facebook and Instagram for more conversations. If you have suggestions for topics you would like us to cover or get more information about anything you heard in today's episode, contact us through the email at fjc at cityofnampa.us.